Reality, the podcast. Welcome back to Refined Reality, the podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Joe. A big welcome to Tracy and Alex for joining me today. I think that if I had to experience another time, I think I would want to experience the early 1900s where um, you had to rely on horses to get around. I think that would be really interesting to see how you really had to make everything from nothing. But then knowing my luck, I would probably die from dysentery right away. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) What about you, Alex? If you could go to any decade, what decade do you think that would be? I want to go to the future because I'm not too fond of anything in the past. It seems like the past always has some kind of war or some kind of disease or some kind of something bad. I'm looking forward to a time where we can create peace on Earth or Mars, wherever we end up. That'd be cool. That's where I want to be. <laughs> okay, Tracy, if you could master one skill, what skill would it be? If I could master one skill, it would definitely be the power of persuasion. Because I find that if I can persuade myself in any situation, I can get exactly what I want. See, for me, it would be blacksmithing because like you can make furniture, tools to make other stuff. I think if I could be like a master blacksmith, that'd be super cool. Even if the world ended up going to shit because I would have so much knowledge and my arms would be super buff. I'll be living with whoever knows how to farm or hunt or something to feed me. <laughs> you know, I need to eat every hour on the hour. <laughs> uh, all right. And would you prefer the option to live off grid or just far away off the land? I kind of live off the grid in a sense. I have a farm, but I still like the, the ease of using internet and having those commodities because let's face it, I was not always a farm girl and it's tough work. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to live off the land, but I would totally want to live like off grid, like composting toilet, just like my small garden, like the necessities for me, solar panels. I'm like obsessed with that tiny house movement. What technology would you like to see become mandatory or more accessible in the future? This is Tracy and definitely accessible internet is my number one top priority. Living in the bush in the middle of nowhere, I have a very difficult time having any kind of internet access based on my location and day and age we're living in, that should be a necessity. So for me, knowledge is power. And I would really, really, really like for somebody to to invent this like chip where we can just download books into my brain because I just don't like to spend hours and days and days reading. I prefer to download all the information right away. I would really like that to happen one day. That would be cool. Yeah, like something like even like Netgear glasses where like it's like um, an overlay of VR and like real life and you can just see things and it's like, oh, what is the composition of this? And then like, you know, you kind of look at it and then you see it in the lens. That would be cool too. It's so true. And we, ha- we just have to think of all these creative things because that's the only way that we're going to get to this amazing future where everything is so much easier. Right? Like, I know, especially like 
in my small town, like, I wish, you know, you could just order from Amazon and have it in the hour, like they do in New York, or like, you know, that workout from home, and you're doing it live with a trainer. That'd be super cool. That is super cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. I had a conversation actually with a, a techie that I called for my internet service provider, and I was mentioning that I wanted to to get into more digital streaming and possibilities of expanding my business. And with the internet that I had, I couldn't have that accessibility. And he, he just said, point blank, you're lucky being where you're located. I wish I lived in the outskirts like you did. And I had the, the freedom and the quietness because he lived downtown Toronto and he would much prefer living where I am and not having access to the internet. I thought it was a pretty cool perspective. Yeah, I mean, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Or so it seems. No, I'm sorry. I need the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I My perfect place to be is an island away from everybody on the beach where I can still reach everybody through the internet and get all of the education and all of the work and all everything that I need to do through the internet, but still be able to have my space. That that's the compromise I have with my husband in regards to the tiny house. He's like, if I have to, like, if you're going to convince me to use a composting toilet and live off the grid with solar panels, like, we better have the highest internet speed. Like, I'm talking like 30 second downloads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tracy, as a mom and as a professional, why do you feel that it is important to address out of school life skills development? It's very important to develop those kind of skills because, let's face it, school doesn't last forever. I think that learning life lessons at home are essential for your growth, for how you're going to live your life come the future without your parents, without the help that you have during the pandemic and how it's been like homeschooling because that's not something I've ever done. It's not something I've had the patience for, to be quite honest. And I've learned to really appreciate teachers because to be honest, before. I didn't really. But now, given that I've had to put myself in that role, be a mom, be a teacher, work, all of the things that accumulate on a day-to-day basis, it's just hard to wrap my head around. So I'm really focusing on just taking that kind of responsibility and putting it back on my children. And in a sense, it kind of makes me a bad mom. The title has been kind of deeped a few times. But for me, the idea of them having their iPads on the couch, doing their homework, they're assigned, so they know exactly what needs to be done. And I'm sitting back, sipping my wine. Yeah, I might be look like a bad mom, but they're not alone. I'm still present. I'm still there. I'm just not doing the tasks for them. And that aligns with me wanting to teach them to be self-starters. So... I want them to have the capabilities to do those things on their own without me telling them to do A, B, C, D to result to E. So I want them to be able to pick up something and go with it, not me having to give them 10,000 requirements or, or, or guidance for them to do one task. And it's something that's been a work in progress. I mean, it's a lot of repetition, a lot of patience, And sometimes a lot of outbursts. I'm emotional, so let's get that out of the way right now. But the thing is that also falls and ties into another life lesson skill that I want them to learn is vulnerability. So when I have those moments of weakness 
not necessarily weakness. I view it as a, a strength where I've lost my mind because I'm on my own with three kids. My husband's gone in another province and I'm at the breaking point where I don't know what else to do, but just yell and cry. And I just look at the kids faces and I see, Oh my God, I, I'm, I'm completely destroying their, their appearance of what I am as a mother. They're going to hate me for the rest of their lives. And before I start dwelling on that, I just stop right then and there and I get down to their level, meaning that if they're sitting or if they're kneeling or if they're on the ground, I kind of get eye level with them. And I say, look guys, mom's having a really rough day. I'm trying to do this on my own and to make sure that you guys get everything that needs to be done in the day. And I just let out my vulnerability. And I think that's a strength that we need to learn as, as people, just being able to apologize and admit to our mistakes and move forward with it. And then after that also ties into with those two skills that they've learned. So self-startership vulnerability, it also comes in and it ties into learning the value of a dollar because that's one of the most important skills, I think, from growing up in the past that I did, not having any money, growing up in poverty. It's something that I learned from a very young age. And it's something that I don't want them to go through necessarily the way I did. And it's not to say that I regret all of the experiences I went through. And in hindsight, I look back and I think those were great experiences to go through because it's made me who I am today. But I want them to know that they don't need to spend it on useless things like buying, going to the store and buying a toy. Because I had this discussion with my husband actually about what kind of skill would be important for our kids to learn outside of the school system. And right off the top of his list was the learning the value of a dollar because that's not something we're taught in school. And it's something that we have to live by day by day as we live out on our own. And sometimes not knowing how much work and effort it takes to make that dollar. We take the money for granted and we use it for things that may not necessarily bring us where we need to be as far as our goals, our dreams, our aspirations. So for example, my youngest, Kemi, at the time, she was eight. And I've been talking about money with them and kind of guiding them into making right financial decisions. And she had received $150 for Christmas. And I had already mentioned that I had started up a RESP, which means a registered education savings plan. And uh, I've talked about putting money aside for them to go to school. And I mentioned how I didn't have that opportunity when I was growing up. So she looked at me at Christmas, and I remember this, and she said, Mom, take that $150 and put it in my education savings plan. And then she looked at me and she said that, and I was flabbergasted. I didn't even know what to say. And then she looked at my two other children that are older than her and said, why don't you both do the same? And she managed to get them to do that, to take all the money they made from Christmas, and I just deposited it into their education savings plan. I was on cloud nine definitely a shining moment that I'll never forget. Alex, as someone who immigrated, how has your view of the other generation shaped your life? How are things with your parents? Growing up, really just like anybody else, you know, we all look up to our parents for guidance and we all like have this, this like innate desire to 
not want to disappoint them, you know, to do the best that we can and, and to always make them proud. And honestly, I feel like that was one of my biggest struggles in this process because <laughs> the thing is my parents, you know, they brought me and my siblings to Canada, you know, as, as, as children to give us a better life, give us a better future. And I just saw like how they worked so hard their whole lives just to give us that. So like, you know, the usual idea of everyone is just get a good education, get a good job, start a family, etc. And, you know, I, I went down that road and it didn't quite work out. I mean, I didn't get to family yet, but I'm talking about education and, and um, job, you know, that's what I did and it didn't quite work out. So when I came to the decision that I wanted to try something new, you know, as in drop everything, quit my job, sell my stuff and move to a third world country. <laughs> you can imagine the questions, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to do that? How are you going to sustain yourself? You know, what are you thinking? And honestly, yeah. Okay. It was scary. It was scary mainly because I had asked myself the same questions like when you when you go through something new like that and you, you want to start something new and it's a whole new idea that, you know, maybe somebody else, well, in this case, Adiane had kind of guided me towards it because she had kind of gone through it. Um, you kind of ask those questions and it's those same questions that you've learned from the previous generations because I was raised with those same views, with those same way of thinking, same way of, of doing things. And so, yeah, I was very, very much shaped by the views of the generations before me, you know? And so that was like the biggest issue for me was, you know, thinking about everything that my parents had sacrificed for me, you know? Like, how, how do I do this? How do I explain this? How do I say, hey, thanks for bringing me to a first world country and giving me this great education in all these opportunities that I can have but um, like I've decided to go to another third world country and start from zero and see what happens, you know, like how dare I, right? So, <laughs> so that kind of, that honestly came with like a whole lot of guilt that I had to overcome and that guilt would, would come up like every time that I failed in this journey and which honestly happens a lot, by the way, but it's a good thing, I swear. It's a good thing. Lots of, lots and lots of lessons. and. I sort of had to get over that and keep pushing, just get over those, those ideas, those views from the past and just keep pushing and do what's right for me. And, and it honestly wasn't even just my family that I had to explain this decision to. I literally had to explain it to like friends and strangers, like so many people at my old office, for example, when I, when I told them that this was my plan, especially like the older generation, because I was one of like the, the youngest people in the office. And so to anyone in like the older generation to whom I would say, you know, hey, I'm quitting, I'm going traveling, like they would have the same questions, the same concerns, the same like, are you crazy kind of look on their face. And like, it would always like take me back, right? I'd be like, you know, like it made me, it made me question myself. But at the same time, I had to realize that like that was the older generation's programming, right? Like they were taught through their life experiences this linear pattern of doing things, um, which isn't a bad thing. Like, it's not a bad thing. It's how they got to where they are. It's how they learn to protect themselves or to overcome, like, their obstacles, the obstacles that were thrown at them in their experience, in their time, you know? And it's just how they learn to play the game. And, like, they've pretty much perfected, like, in, for them, they've perfected the game throughout the experience, throughout their experience, 
And it's like, I think about it in like, they're, they want to gift us that knowledge. They want to save us from those same obstacles, the same risks, the pain, the heartache. They don't want us to kind of go through the same mistakes. But the thing that I had to really realize was we're not even playing the same game. Like we're not playing the same game. There is a shift. We're playing a whole new game. The world is different. The workplace is different. Our obstacles are different. Our opportunities are different. Our goals are different. What makes us happy is different, you know? So like giving us the the cheat codes, like those cheat codes that you're trying to pass to us, they don't necessarily apply in this new playing field for us. I had to kind of constantly like remind myself that, okay, this is the old way of thinking. This is a whole other experience that I'm trying to have. So yeah, I had to just kind of keep that in mind and know that like I had to do what feels good for me, what is best for me. Because at the end of the day, I realized I'm not doing anybody any favors if I'm not aligned with myself, if I'm not good, if I'm not feeling fulfilled, if I'm not successful in my own way, what am I doing? Like, I'm, I'm no help to anybody around me and especially not my family, which was like the most important thing for me. So I had to get over the guilt of like not doing things their way after all the sacrifices that they've made and do it my way. But for their benefit as well, like for my benefit, but ultimately as well for their benefit. I encourage any of our listeners right now who feel the urge to do things differently to just go ahead and make that jump. Like do not, do not let fear or guilt or any judgment or any old limiting beliefs get in your way. And for our older generation audience, please be conscious that we're also trying to figure out things our way in this new world. And as much as we absolutely appreciate your guidance and we do need it, allow us to do things our way and be conscious that things have changed and things are very different for us. I think this is a perfect chance where the generations can bridge the gap between each other and help each other with their weaknesses and strengths for for a better future. So Tracy, what values should we place on old skills and technology as a society going forward? For me, old skills and technology that I think it should be necessary for us to learn are basic skills like being able to file your taxes or being able to go on your own and open up a bank account without your parent holding your hand through the whole situation. Having the confidence to do things on your own and not have to depend on someone to do it for you and having the know-how and being able to, if you don't know something, having the skill to go out and find the answer, being kind of like a jack of all trades and using other people's skills and other people's expertise to help you because everyone is an expert in something. But how can you use those skills and learn from them and pull from them? Because nowadays, a lot of people are are depending on technology, which could be a positive because if you don't know something, you can go on YouTube and, and find the answer, which is a great plus that they didn't have back in the day. Now we have that capability to do so. And how can we bring that together where the older generation, the current generation, the future generation are going to be able to work and mesh well together because Mm -hmm. technology is something that is not going to go away. And it's something that's going to keep advancing as we move, as we progress. But we also have to remember the base skills because if everything were to go awry and there'd be no hydro, there'd be no connectivity. How are we going to survive? And those fall on the basic skills that we still need to know and that the older generations 
had no choice in learning because they didn't have the advancements they we have today with our advancements that we created now makes it easier for us so that we can focus our time our energy and our you know mental well-being on things that are important to us i feel like um convenience sometimes cripples us in the sense that i look at my father and he grew up always trying to fix things that were broken whether it was relationships or anything around the house and he was just able to adapt and learn to fix so much and teach himself so many skills and i know for me when i graduated high school it was like now that i don't have someone to constantly teach me like whether it be teachers or my parents and i have to function as an independent adult i was lost and i didn't know how to go about teaching myself stuff i feel like the education system doesn't quite prepare you for life all it really does is prepare you to be an employee for somebody else so like you like i don't want to go too too much into detail with this but you know we as children are born into this world and 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 have all this creativity in us and all this energy in us and then they sit us in a in a in a classroom and teach us how to be quiet and how to answer the questions the way that it's the way that it's asked and and you know there's no space to think outside the bubble there's no space for creativity there's no space for um um what was the word i wanted making to mistakes even making mistakes but even you know just finding ways to like be resourceful and stuff like mm-hmm. that like there was there was no it was just a lot more about here's how this is going to go this is the answer this is the question this is the answer and this is this is the only way that you can get to the next level like the, it's just very boxy it's just like this is it this it's very linear it's very um you know as like standardized like all those standardized text, testing and making sure that that's like the only way that you can get to the next level like it, they're not really teaching you that free thinking that you know problem solving but like outside the box kind of thing very much just like here's math here's science here's how to get to the next level here's how you get your diploma here and then the next one and that's what's going to get you a job where you can like sit from 9 to 5 building somebody else's dream like there's no like like for me i think real education has to come like when we're talking about um skill, like life skills and technology i think it needs to be a mix of both i think technology is a huge advantage that we have like right now we're living in a time where everything is so much easier and i think maybe that's why we've let go of like the skills of survival or whatever because we have the technology like if we have a question google will answer it for us if we have if we don't know how to i don't know turn on the oven <laughs> mm-hmm. just go on youtube and it'll show you like you've got recipes you've got whatever like everything is there and ready for you um so yeah technology is huge and and like i said we're living in in a in a in a time where everything is accessible to us through the internet and you know whether it's working like we can work anywhere remotely from the anywhere in the world right now um it's just like such a great time to be alive right now and maybe that's why we've like let go of like those um life skills but i think that that also needs to be brought back because sure. as as intellectual and as educated and as like convenient 
we're set up for like such convenience or whatever, there are certain things that really, really need to be taught in schools, like, you know, cooking, sewing, like, hunt. I mean, not hunting, like I'm not going to go all the way back to whatever, but you know, how to do your taxes. Um, Driving would be nice. <laughs> right. But like, even, even like, even more, more than that, just like communication, you know, mindfulness, um, how to deal with your thoughts and your feelings as a person, mm. how to deal with other people. Like we're, we're, we're just very robotic. We've become very robotic in a way where like, we can't, seem to communicate to each other sometimes right so I feel like it just sorry I feel like it just needs to be like a mix of of those um those life skills plus the technology I don't think it should you know you should take one and place it above the other I think it needs to be a mix of both in order for us to 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 do better Mm -hmm. I I agree like there's just so much I wish I would have known and when I got my diploma I was actually so devastated. I didn't even show up to my graduation <laughs> because I felt so unprepared. Like they're like, you could go to college, you could go to university, but it's like, that's not what um, scared me. Like I know how to fill in your um, question marks and cheat sheets and I know exactly what you want me to say and do. But when I'm not at school, how am I going to know how to pay my rent? What is more efficient? Um, you know, how to, there are some people like even at the gas station, my generation, I'm like, um, yo bud, like what's up? Hey, um, is this gas or, uh, diesel? Uh, <laughs> like, I still okay, don't even know. What? <laughs> no way. I just go for the cheapest one. <laughs> I, just, just, I know that that goes for my car and I don't really give it what diesel is. No, I mean, you need to, because if you put that in the wrong vehicle, you're going to have an expensive problem, you know? And well, again, yeah, like, <laughs> I like some vehicles, the newer ones, they made it where like the wrong nozzle won't fit. But as someone who had no. older vehicles, the nozzle will fit. So, you know, I, I would <laughs> never trust lending my old vehicle to someone of my generation. <laughs> no, because I know there are certain vehicles that require certain, certain um you know gas but like i don't know for me it just from what i know my vehicle requires the cheapest thing and i'm fine <laughs> oh, i would not let you borrow my my diesel <laughs> well just you just have to tell me you'll just have to tell me what your preference is and i'll do it <laughs> oh jeez see we need more education okay i need more education on a lot of different things just because i'm good in one subject i'm very well aware that i'm not well versed in other things i swear like even landscaping you know like you see people um, trying to like transplant trees and stuff and they don't it would be nice to know you know how to compost how to give back to the earth and replace what we take and just to transplant trees and stuff and i was gonna go buy some and and I was like, I don't, okay, I don't really know when's the best time. And then I had someone tell me, well, it's the beginning of the season or the end. Don't do it in the midsummer because they will die. And I kept wondering why, you know, a few of the neighbors, older trees were dying that they're doing during the summer. And I'm like, ah, oh, like that click, like <laughs> so much of us kept making the same mistakes. And yeah. that's where it comes down to where I was talking about earlier, how 
we need to learn these skills and how I was exposed to these kind of situations at a young age. And I kept thinking to myself when I was trying to teach my kids and seeing what I wanted to expose them to and thinking to myself, I don't want them to go through what I had been through, but in a sense, what I've been through shaped who I was. Like I had at a young age had to get a job just to pay for the clothes off my back. It's not something that my kids need to do right now, but it's something that I share with them so that they know the struggles. And when you're put in those kind of situations, like I was when I was younger, you have no choice but to learn those things that you guys are talking about. Like it could be as simple as putting which fuel to put in your car to how are you going to pay your rent? So those things all need to be taught and people need to know these basic skills in order to survive. It's not just about thriving and, and dreaming, but you also need to make sure that we can live. Yeah. Like, thank goodness for my dad. Like he, he came to a whole new country and like, thank goodness that like at 18 or whenever it was, no, I got my first job much earlier than that. But you know, when I got my first job and he, he, he sat me down and like explained to me like here, like you can open up a bank account, you can get a credit card, you can start saving for your RSPs, like all of that. I started at a young age and like they didn't teach us that in school. And like, thank goodness that my dad himself, like coming to a new country, not knowing anything, had made the time to learn those things to teach them to me. But not a lot of people do that. And it's very important. Mm -hmm. My my parents, I spent so much time with my parents and my grandparents. And to be honest, I barely use anything that they taught me in school because everything with technology that they taught me is irrelevant now because the technology is so much advanced and the calculators are better and everything <laughs> is just so much more developed. But my mom always made it a point to teach me the importance of doing my taxes and budgeting. And then my grandparents taught me like how to compost, how to do a garden, um, space, uh, crop rotation, all that stuff, just so I wouldn't be hungry. And my parents, like I grew up in poverty, so we would barter with the neighbors. Like, hey, do you mind bringing my kid here? Are, are doing this for me, we'll trade you, you know, all these veggies and stuff like that. And it's skills a lot of people just didn't have. Yeah, there's a lot of skills that I unfortunately up until my 20s, maybe early 20s to make myself look better <laughs> that I didn't quite learn like around the house, you know, like cooking and things like that. I didn't necessarily cook for myself because my parents were just like focus on studying. We came here, you know, for you to have a good education and a good job. So it was just like, go to your room, do your work. That's it. Like, don't worry about anything else. So like, and then I see other kids who like were taught at like 10 how to make a meal and I'm like damn like I would not have survived you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like, just, there's just so many things that we're missing and I think uh, it comes down to parents not having the time to do those things with their kids because I, I look at me for example when I was growing up I followed my dad everywhere I was like a, a little dog following him and he used to go and work on cars you know change brakes uh, change oil do body work and I was involved in that and he let me do those things but now I feel like being in my position where I work a nine-to-five job where would I find the time to do that but I have to really push myself to, to to share those kind of skills with my kids and and make sure that they know those things it's just a awareness thing of making sure that you take the time to do those things and, and time is really the issue 
It's true, though. Like, it's time, and it's just the way that the system is set up, too. Like, for example, when I was growing up, we were... We spent a lot of time in the village and like in the village, you know, you have time and, and, and there they, the main skill was like pottery. So I got to learn some of that, you know, as a child, but like coming here and the most important thing being education, like that's what I was focusing on. That's what they, they made sure that I'm just focusing on that. So I didn't get to learn like extra skills, you know, and I think, I think it's, it's so important to to diversify your skills. I mean, technically, like, I am educated, but graduating made me feel so stupid. <laughs> like, because it's like, what now? <laughs> what do I do with myself? That's so true. And honestly, speaking of, like, not wanting to go to graduation, when I graduated university, I didn't even feel like a sense of accomplishment because I knew that I was going to need another four years of professional school too to get to where I'm going so like I didn't even feel like celebrating that because I'm like this means nothing like it took me years and a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of sweat and tears and whatever and at the end of it I was still like okay and then and then what like this is still not good enough because our system is set up that like you need a master's degree or you need a PhD or whatever to, to, to do anything with your life like it's so different from before where like you know getting out of high school you can get a job, get a trade, get whatever it is that you want, and then buy a house, start a family, everything. It's like completely different now. And it's so much harder. I feel like before you used to use skills to get money, like in the days of our parents, you know, like my grandparents, they all develop those skills and they all use those skills to um, win their living. But now you see like, it's like people use money as a means to substitute skills. Like some of my friends in university, they got editors. (laughs) they got people to help them write their essays. You have rich people paying for other schools so they could help, uh, help them on tests that they already went through. And it's like the more money you have, the more you're going to succeed. And it has nothing to do with skill. I mean, that's just how I felt anyway. (laughs) Tracy, what do you think? Coming from nothing and trying to figure out how to make something out of nothing was definitely a challenge. And I relied heavily on learning things that I didn't know and being well-versed in multiple different facets of my life, creating a a diversified kind of portfolio of my life on where I can pull from to subsidize. So when I was young, I, when I bought my first home, the reason why I bought my first home when I was 19 was because the place where I was living, where I was renting, I was renting the above apartment and my parents were renting the bull the apartment below us and the gentleman was selling the home. So we were out of a home and nowhere to go. But luckily before that happened, I had bought furniture at Leon's and put it on credit and built my credit that way as soon as I turned 18. And after that, when I turned 19 and was about to get married, I looked at my husband, well, boyfriend at the time and said, look, we need to figure out what we're going to be doing. We're going to be homeless uh, shortly and we need to find a place to live. So we started looking at housing and found a home that was selling for $75,000 out in the outskirts, not even nowhere where I wanted to live, but we had to do what we had to do. And we stayed all together a year, me and my parents, my husband, and I had my son. So we were five in a one and a half story home with two bedrooms. So the, the sacrifices I think that I've had to make to kind of advance and and move forward and try to 
build off of are things that I think had I not done it at the time, I'd be in a different situation, yes. But I was trying not to think about myself at the time. I was trying to think about how am I going to help my parents because they were not in a situation where they can go out and find another place to rent. They were on subsidized income. He was on ODSP and that's, you know, Ontario Disability Support Program. And they only give you X amount of dollars to be able to live. So I had to really get creative on how I was going to fix the problem. And that's like another thing to you look at, like working in uh, the healthcare field with a lot of the older generation. It's like they felt that they could just sort of blindly put away money, if you will, into the pensions in their company and their companies would always be there for them. And like now, like I, I remember my grandparents, like his pension doesn't exist anymore, that kind of pension. And then they had to reduce it because um, everyone sort of got old at once and there's more money that's needed that's being paid into it. So they had a reduction in their benefits instead of like, well, if I would have just put the money away on my own and not depended on that, you know, um, maybe we would be a little more comfortable in our golden years. Yeah, that's so sad. It's honestly, I feel like it's a really common problem though. You see that lots, like even like it happens in my family. It's like you hit 50 and you, you can't just work like a machine anymore. I feel like the older generation, they had to work so much harder, like physically than we do. But you look at it where it's like we, even though we don't work hard, we didn't really learn how to take care of our bodies either because it's inactivity and poor nutrition and not placing an emphasis on the basic skills of caring for yourself. That's so true. And I feel like even though they worked much harder physically, I feel like we, like our kind of work that we, well, at least what I was doing before, you know, like office work and stuff like that, it comes with like such a high stress level that like you're, you're hurting your body a lot without even realizing it. I feel like that's like the hard part. And it's just so important, again, going back to like what we learned and we, what we didn't learn in school that, yes, like we didn't learn nutrition. We didn't learn um, how to take like movement, how to take care of your body. Yeah, we had, you know, PE, but it wasn't like very mindful. It wasn't like how to take care of your body, you know, how to keep your emotions intact. Like, for example, how to handle stress so that, you know, you're not causing inflammation in your body. You're not causing yourself to get sick, you know things like that. Mm -hmm, For sure. That's so important. I mean, I know I look right now and it's a lot of, almost all my friends have children, but personally, like I just didn't feel that I was ready to sort of practice what I preach and lead, for example, you know, because like raising the next generation is such a big responsibility. It really is. And I felt like our parents like definitely did the best that they could. And I feel like now that we have so much knowledge, it's, it can be like overwhelming. I was going to say it's so overwhelming because we are so much more aware and have so much more knowledge than before about like how to, how everything that we do could affect another human being. And like now all of a sudden we want to make sure that the environment is right for the child, that the communication is right for the child, that their emotional well-being is right, that their physical well-being is right. And all these things that like, Probably our parents and their parents didn't really care about, like didn't really think about. So like 
I personally feel like it would just be so hard for me to like have children because I'd be worrying and like going hysterical about like, am I doing the right thing? Like all the time. So like, this is where I go to like Tracy for advice, I think. Right. I could imagine like, um, few generations ago like our great-grandparents where it's like let's just push out all the kids don't get too attached we'll see who makes it out of uh infancy oh my you god know? yeah yeah at the time it was a different time I mean I remember my dad and even my mom telling me stories about how they were raised and my dad going through poverty and and it was hard emotionally on the on that front uh just what he went through um was very very tough like that kind of shaped who I was and and his struggles. And he always was positive. He always looked at the positive aspect, even though he went through hell and back when he grew up. And I think that's where I kind of fall in when I try to raise my kids, teach my kids is to simplify things and just keep reminding them to be a good person. Because at the end of the day, we're not here for very long. And the only thing we control is how we feel, what we say, what we do. And if everyone focused on that and being a good person and figuring out how to do that and to bring it in a larger scale that's that's what it's all about for me anyway I don't know for anyone else but that's what I focus on when I try to raise my kids I don't worry too much and I don't try to get too overwhelmed with what's right what's wrong if I should be doing this versus that I just try to focus on teaching my kids empathy you know and and being able to handle their emotions and and being able to communicate with other people and not shying away or going into a shell or all of the other systematic issues that we've created for ourselves because we just don't know how to deal. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually so important because like, I feel like, you know, talking about generational gaps and like differences between the old generation and the new generation. I don't know if I'm the only one who feels this way, but they almost they almost like say that we're weaker you know because we take we're more sensitive to things um we take things more personally or whatever because they i mean at least that's how i feel i feel like maybe they in their time things were were much harder physically mm -hmm. like you were saying bobby joe and and so they're they're full attention was on survival so there wasn't really a time to sit there and like feel sorry for yourself or worry about oh this person communicated this to me in the wrong way or whatever um and I feel like we need to be very mindful of that I think the older generation needs to also be mindful of that that we have like very different we grew up differently and our opportunities are different and our obstacles are different and we feel things in a different way when we start understanding each other, then we start removing those fears, the anxiety, the anger towards each other, and then communication can just flow easily and understanding can happen. So what do you think our generation can keep in mind for the next? Because we, we talk about um, like what our generation the generation that raised us can do for us but what can we do for the next generation to sort of pay it forward and make it easier for them being open being open to them you know experiencing their own experiences in their own way and not being judgmental so letting them fail letting them retry 
and learning from those things because at the end of the day you can only go through the situation and learn from those if we completely try if we we try to avoid the heartache or the situation completely you're not going to get the lesson out of it I also feel though that we have to be very careful with you know just being super duper understanding all the time like there 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 should be a little bit of um a push Yeah, a push because there's this whole thing again about like how millennials were, um, we were just so coddled and, you know, we were so protected and, you know, everybody was given a participation medal. So like it didn't give us that ambition or whatever. It's not true. I mean, we are very ambitious. We just ambitious in a different way. But I do feel like we just got to make sure not to, you know, put our kids in a bubble as well. Like we got to make sure to push them out there to be independent, to be resourceful, to be all these things that we're being now. (laughs) Well, that was refined and real. Many thanks to you, our listeners, for staying with us until the very end. For more about us and what we do, Check us out on our Facebook page, Refined Reality, the podcast. And a huge shout out to Architect for building our music. Like what you hear? Check out his info in our description. Until next time, get some R&R. Stay curious. This is Bobby Joe signing off. <laughs>